Hello, friends. Everyone out there, how are you doing? I'm Chase Jarvis. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show here on Creative Live. This show is where I sit down with the world's top creatives, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders, and I unpack actionable and valuable insights to help you live your dreams in career, in hobby, and in life. My guest today is the inimitable Chris Gillibo. Chris, I love this human. His last name is hard to say. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I love this human deeply. He is an author and an entrepreneur. You may know him from a handful of his books. I think he's got at least four that I'm aware of. A couple titles, The Art of Nonconformity, The $100 Startup, Happiness of Pursuit, Born for This. He's also got a very popular blog. What's his blog called? The Art of Nonconformity. Uh, same thing that his first book is titled. Also, the brains behind the World Domination Summit. This is a gathering of smart, lovely humans in Portland once a year. Uh, the thing always sells out. I've been a keynote speaker there, as have so many other folks that you're familiar with from being on the show here. He is, in addition to that, he, they take over Portland every summer for like four days. It's nuts. You have to take a peek at it. They also, he, he gets this whole group together, the folks that attend the World Domination Summit, and you go out and you break a bunch of world records before you all sit, sit around and talk about inspirational stuff. He's done the biggest breakfast in bed party, the, I think the biggest yoga class, the biggest river rafting float. I mean, so many really, really fun things. So this interview is from a couple years ago, and you're asking, wait a minute, why would you bring an bring a, a interview from a couple years ago into the show now? A, I don't have an audio version of this, and, and Chris is one of the most requested people on my platform uh, of the folks I've interviewed. Uh, two, it's so spot on, his work, just... This, you know, the the political climate right now, the global climate right now, the fact that I know so many people are transitioning out of one career into another, and Chris speaks so much truth to that journey. Um, you know, Chris, along with folks like Tim Ferriss and others, he was among the first wave of people who really pioneered that path that I've heard so many of you all say you want to be on. He is the only person under the age of 35 to travel to every single country on the planet. He spent 15 years aiming to accomplish this goal, writing, traveling, working from all over the globe. If you were at all interested in this kind of a lifestyle, a lifestyle where you you travel, you can work from anywhere, you're not bound to one particular desk or location, you want to have some co-working, if, if that's at all interesting to you and having online businesses, you must pay attention to Chris. All of this is really well laid out in the show. Of course, if you want more detail, you can check out his books. Specifically, he has a couple of fantastic classes on Creative Live. One that I love called Becoming a Travel Hacker, which is how to travel the world in first class on a small budget. Uh, he does a great job of giving you the little nuances there. Uh, I'll put a link on that in the show notes. A couple other highlights for today's episode. We talk a lot about an idea that's core to this, which is... The answers to your personal journey, what should you be doing and how should you be doing it, those answers are inside you. Chris is a master through asking just a couple of questions, how he can unlock this in you, you will find value. My, one of my points around this is that the, the binding constraint is almost never an external thing. That's a theme in this show. Chris unpacks that in a really tangible way. We also get into something that you don't hear a ton about, and that is how to 
sort of deal with the post-success come down. I know so many photographers or designers, uh, entrepreneurs that got a, you want a big contract or you got a big gig and you think you're you're shot out of a rocket. You're like, all right, this is it. This is the tipping point. I've made it. And then you know what happens the next week? Nothing. Next month, nothing. And then all of a sudden you're back in that same sort of fear cycle that you were in before you got that big gig. He does a really good job of how to stay, of telling us how to stay humble in that sort of post-success come down, gnawing that thing that's gnawing. Okay, what now? Another big theme in the show is potential. Uh, how to understand, I think this is a, a, another huge way in which people misunderstand their opportunities in life. They don't know how to understand their own potential. They don't know how to uh, direct their energy. And Chris is among the best in the world at identifying that and helping you unpack yours. A bunch of other stuff that I'm not going to go into because I want to get in the show. I want you to too. And I know you're saying, just would you stop? Just like, stop talking. So with that, I'm going to get in the show. Before we do, you know I want you to hear from our sponsor. This episode of Chase Jarvis Live Show is brought to you by Creative Live. Creative Live is the world's largest and best platform for creative and entrepreneurial education. And right now you're saying, wait a minute, isn't that the company that you started? Yes, it is. It is my company, but they make this show possible. And if you don't know anything about Creative Live, you must check it out. It's where Pulitzer Prize winners, New York Times bestsellers, the best of the best teach photo, video, art design, music and audio, craft and maker, and the ability to make a living and a life in all of those disciplines. There is free content there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also more than 10,000 hours of content for you to access on demand. You guys know I'm a huge believer in the power of daily habits. And today, Creative Live, as a part of the sponsor announcement, wants you to know that they have a new, very powerful way to make education a part of your daily routine. That would be the Creative Live iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV apps. They're all free, and they let you watch all of the Creative Life classes that are on air streaming for free, anything you already own, and on the iPhone and iPad apps, you can watch one daily lesson of your choosing for free. That is one of 25,000 lessons for free, which is super, <laughs> super gnarly. To get those apps, go to the App Store, uh, iTunes, and search Creative Live, or go to creativelive.com slash apps. There you go. Now, let's get into the show. So please give a warm welcome and join me in a high five for Mr. Chris Gilbo. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. That was it. Awesome. Hey. Awesome, hey. I'm stretching out right now. Awesome. Cool. That's good. Please have a seat. This is uh, orange juice with maybe has some little something else in there. But. Okay. Cheers. <sighs> you just Cheers. finished 192 countries. You finished like last month. Is this correct? That is correct. April what 7th. What the hell made you want to go to 192 <laughs> countries? That's a lot. It is a lot. I was—I I think I was counting the other day. I was in the 40. Gerard, remember what it was? I think we were in the 40-something. That's pretty good. I pretty that's pretty good. That's good. Maybe it's 60. It's good. 40, 60, somewhere in there. But that's a uh, big distance, big gap between that and 192. Why? <laughs> well, I, I actually, it started when I had been to about 40 countries. When I had been to like 40 to 50, I had lived overseas for about four years. Uh, I'd been traveling a lot. I just love travel. Okay. Um, and then I was like, okay, went to like 40, 50 countries. Um, I was always kind of attracted to goal setting. I liked making things measurable. I was like, all right, if I've got this, then what, you know, what's that going to lead to? 
So at first it was a goal to visit 100 countries. It was and then like, you like check that off? Well, I got closer to it and I realized it wasn't that complicated to visit 100 countries because you can pick and choose which countries to go to. Got it. You know, you can just go to easy countries. So I thought, like, let's make it a real goal. That's when I set the goal of 192. And then they added one a couple years ago. They added which South Sudan. Yeah, so I had to make it up to 193. Wow. I thought it was like 190. Google says like it 215. In, yeah, they just make up some countries. <laughs> Google has some extra countries for some reason. Okay, all right, all right. So that's, that's sort of a softball to get you warmed up. But what, let's talk about what right. we talked about at dinner sure, sure, for sure. a second. Mm -hmm. What we talked about at dinner was, well, we're, you gave the example right. of NBC, and there's all this shit you're supposed to say when yeah. you go on these things. He is the author of two books. Actually, can we get copies of those two books up here somewhere? That'd be great. I'd love to have someone hand them so we can mm. show them to the world. They're still for sale, right? You're, you're still selling yeah, books? Yeah. Okay, good. But when you go on these shows, mm. I've been on the morning shows right. and all that stuff, and, and you have too, and there's this like a thing that you do. You go and you have to... You have to pimp your wares, right. and you have to, you know, say all the stuff that you're supposed to say. And we both mm. um, are tired of that. That's right. I think we agreed to a no bullshit policy. Yeah. Is that correct. So we did. There's going to be a no bullshit policy, and we mm. expect all you all to have the no bullshit policy, especially you folks in there. So if there is something that you want to know, mm. and it's the hard question, we would mm. like it today. Today is a good time to ask that question. It can be about the things that you're not supposed to ask questions about. We we will reserve the right to defer or. <laughs> Um, get back to you on that one, or just flat out not answer it. But we want to try really right. hard to make mm. this uh, no, no BS show. Um, so the first thing I'm going to go into, since right. we're in the no BS world, right. is you and I talked about this last night. Right. We both have failed mm. a lot, mm -hmm. and usually you sit on these couches and you talk a lot about, you know, making the world a more creative place and, and all the successes that you've had right. doing that. So talk to me about your biggest failure, or the most recent one that was the, the most painful for you? Mm. You know, the list of failures is long, right? It's kind of like, where do you, where do you choose to begin? Um, you know, what we were talking about last night is, um, I feel like, you know, I feel like I've come to this place where you're like, yeah, I visit every country in the world, you know, we've got this event that we do, some things are going really well. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm just feeling frustrated with myself. I'm feeling like very dissatisfied in some ways because I feel like, I have a lot of opportunities. I, I'm fortunate to connect with a lot of amazing people, and I don't feel like I'm always doing a good job for them. That's kind of like what I'm going through. For, right when you said doing a good job, and then you put the words for them. Well, there. for them, with them, you know, in cooperation with them. Got it. I feel like, um, you know, it's this whole thing about potential. It's like, you know, you, you have potential, and potential is like a good word for a long time, but after a while, you have to like do something with it, you know? Got it. And so, um, yeah, yeah, the world is full of people who almost did or had a lot of potential right. and never delivered. And so are you feeling like this? It's probably, it's certainly kicking me in the nuts right now because you've got a couple great books and you feel, you feel like that there are still stuff that's Absolutely. undone. There's you so much like stuff, it, you know. But, so let's go back to like when you say, why visit every country? You know, because I, I mean, I gave you the answer and it's, it's a true answer. Like I love travel, I love goal setting. But to go a little bit deeper, you know, once I first had this idea, once I thought, okay, I, was, I had been 50 countries, I started getting up to 100, you know, then I started like logically working it out. I was like, what's it gonna look like? How much is it gonna cost? How much time will it take? You know, what is the process from here to there? Once I started doing that, I realized, it, it, it took me maybe three months to actually say like, I'm gonna do this. But, it, but in that whole interim, I knew that, uh, it, it was like once I had this idea, I knew if I didn't do it, I would really regret it. Did you do it because no one else in the world had ever done it? No, it wasn't about trying to be the first or the fastest or the youngest or anything. And, and when I started, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a public thing. You know, I was just traveling on my own. I didn't even have a blog. I didn't have a community. Uh, for me, it was a personal goal. And I realized, like, 
once I had this idea, I just I couldn't get away from it. And I knew if I didn't try, then I would always regret it. And I was like, if I, if I try and I fail, then that's okay with me, you know? I mean, that would suck to, to try and fail, but you know, if I just had the idea and then I kind of went on with the rest of my life, I knew I would always be like, damn, you know? And then I'd be that guy who's like, yeah, I went to a bunch of countries. Right. You know, like I, I had this idea once, but I never did anything about it. Right. And uh, I, I can't, I just can't live with that, you know? Was it expensive and hard? It was expensive and sometimes hard, but also fun and amazing. You know, it was, um, well, first of all, it wasn't that expensive, especially in the beginning. You know, one of the things that... You got Canada, that's easy, that's right? That's right. You know, Mexico, you, you know, cruise in the Caribbean, get a bunch of places. Um, no, I mean, what inspired me to travel a lot in the, in the first place, after I'd been to a few different places, was uh, I realized to get to the goal of going to 100 countries would cost about $30,000. And I was like, okay, $30,000, I'm not saying that's cheap. You know, I'm not saying everybody has 30000 to drop, but, you know, over a number of years, like, the, the experiences that I'm going to have through that, I'm going to value that, you know, at least uh, at, at that. So, sure, you know happy to do that. Um, and then there were certainly like lots of things that went wrong along the way and it did get more expensive at the end and at the end I'm kind of balancing like career stuff with this goal that I've set and I've got this personal goal but I've also got all these commitments and that was that has been hard you know over the past few did years. Did you disappoint some people in the process? Absolutely. I'm sure I did. These are the things that I feel like that the world doesn't hear that when with every choice you make there's a ton of sacrifice. I feel like that. I've, I've been reasonably vocal in the last few years about uh, I end up being a career counselor to a lot of people who want to be mm. a photographer uh, because it's a, I think it's a great way to make a living. Mm. But there's this belief that you just get to like run around with a camera and then shit happens and it's all good. Right. But I have had to make a sacrifice that dramatically affected my social life that where I couldn't attend friends' weddings, you know, couldn't attend the birth of their mm. children, the... The, the, the parties, the bar mitzvahs, the whatevers, because I was gone. Same thing is true for my family. My grandmother passed away on Sunday. It was terrible um, on Mother's Day, actually. Uh, I was really upset by it because one of the things that I had said I was going to do was going to take a really neat portrait of her before she passed. Total letdown. The reason I'd let her down and let myself down is because of my career. So to say that there's not sacrifice, I think there's this belief that um, if someone's up here sitting on the couch that the sacrifices are sort of, they fall by the wayside. And I, I, I will tell you personally that it won't. It's going to live with me for the rest of my life mm -hmm. that I hadn't done one of the things that I said I was going to do. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure that you have had similar experiences where the sacrifice to achieve this goal mm -hmm. has crushed some other really important things for you. No, I'm definitely. I mean, I'm sure I've also let down my family and let down my friends and my community as well. As, as things like start to grow in some ways, I, I see so much potential there, to use that word. And you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to connect with these amazing people, these remarkable people, all over the world who are doing you know, great things. And for the most part, I do a very poor job of telling their stories. You know, for the most part, I, I do a really poor job of, uh, of connecting people, of trying to highlight, you know, trying to kind of reflect back on people and to bring their stories to the forefront. This is something I'm trying to work on, but um, it's something that I haven't done well. And so you know, when we talk about, like, Following, following your dream. We talked about this in the no bullshit zone last <laughs> night. You know, like what what is bullshit? You know, and, and bullshit is often like, you know, you go on you know a show or something, and they're like, Chris, you know, should people follow their dream? And you're like, yes, you should follow your dream. And, and then everyone like, thanks claps. everyone, Chris. All right, you know? we are following right. dreams. Okay. Right. And you know? next question. Right. Exactly. You know, should you follow your passion? Yes. You know. So, you know, if it's a if your dream is to like I don't know, you like take ten minutes extra for your lunch break, 
you know, then there's then you follow the dream, and there's no the trade-off, there's right. no sacrifice, there's no investment. There's, but if you if you have a real dream, then then there has to be sacrifice. It has to be hard. Otherwise, it's not, it's not really a goal. It's not really a challenge. Um, um, and so I'm just you know like I, I have no regrets over following that dream and, and doing that. I think it's it's been really good, but it's also been hard in some ways. And, for, and I should say it's hasn't been so hard for me as it's hard for other people in my life. Yeah, I find that as well. Uh, and yet you've also heard the adage like without great risk, you don't get great reward. Without mm -hmm. great sacrifice, there's not great achievement. And uh, so I think ultimately for me, those are some of the things that keep mm -hmm. me going. Um, but reminding myself sort of day in and day out when I don't get to be at the thing that I need to be at or, or uh, at the wedding or the celebration or whatever that ultimately I'm following the thing that I'm supposed to do. I'm listening right. to that voice inside myself. Right. And so, it has to be something internal. It has to be, you know, you have to have your own, you know, calling for it, if you will. You know, it can't be something that is motivated externally or something. Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that. And I've said that before as well, but I feel like I, I, it never gets said loudly enough that um, the answers are in here. Mm -hmm. The answers are not external. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the, the answer to creating great art. Um, whether you're an actor or a photographer, um, usually I feel like the inspiration and the thing that you can do, uh, I, I've got another adage which is be different, not just better, right. because different is actually what gets, you know, what gets people interested. And to be different, we're all very similar. I mean, if you just think of the socioeconomic backgrounds here, the, the people that are in the audience, the people that are at home comfortably watching on the internet, you That's have right. a nice internet connection and a warm, probably in a, a comfortable space. We're all relatively similar, but we've all had experiences in our lives that differentiate us, and it's really amplifying those differences that is the key, and, and I believe this very strongly, it's been the key to creativity. That's mm -hmm. something that we talked about a lot last night. And you're a different guy. I don't know anybody who wanted to go to all 192 slash three <laughs> countries. So thank you for doing that. I oh, appreciate it's, it very it's, much. Like I said, it's been a wonderful experience. I don't mean to like diminish it. Um, it's, it's just been interesting over the past year to kind of like think about it coming to the end, you know, and like what's involved in that because I have a lot of different projects, lots of different stuff that I sure. do, but at the same time, it's like this has been my identity for better or worse, you right. know, for the past 10 years. And uh, nobody can pronounce my last name. So they're always like, oh, you know, that guy, Chris, uh, you know, Chris, the guy who's going to every country in the world, you know? Um, and I just like Chris G. Just yeah. He's got a little he's Somebody else, Chris Garrett already had ChrisG.com. I couldn't get that. Um, oh, damn. So, but, you know, so, so for a little while, you know, you can be like, the guy who did go to every country in the world, but that's also kind of dangerous too, because that's kind of looking back, you know. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like uh, when Jolie, my wife, and I came back from West Africa. We were there for about four years, and we lived on a hospital ship, and it was like this this great, you know, transformative experience. It was fantastic. But I noticed, like, you know, first few months that we were back, when we actually moved to Seattle, um, like three know, blocks from here. Three blocks from your studio, actually, <laughs> which is great to come back and see the old neighborhood. Represent. That's right. Um, you know, whenever I'd meet people, they're like, you know, hi, you know, and, and no matter how, how the introduction went over, I would find a way to kind of say, oh, you know, over the past four years, I've been, you know, living in Sierra Leone and Liberia. I was kind of like, that was, your thing, that right? was my thing, you know, and it's like, oh, you can do that for a little while, but not for very long. You know, you don't want to be that guy who's like right. still talking about something that happened a long time ago. So it, it does force a change. It forces like an identity shift. I powerful. hope. No, powerful. If you're just tuning in, my name is Chase Jarvis, and I am here. Actually, I'll say once or twice a month, I like to get together with the people that inspire me very, very deeply. 
Uh, I want to have them on my couch and talk to them, pick their brain, and share all this with you live and free so that you can ask questions and learn a little bit something about them. And today, my guest is Chris Gilbo. He is a best-selling author of these two books, The Art of Nonconformity and The $100 Startup, both available. And um, I'm super grateful that you're here, Chris. This is good. And great. if you have questions out there on the internet, I see them pouring in. i got a little cheat monitor here. I'm not going to lie. These questions are coming in, uh, and we'll get to those in just a second. I want you folks in the audience to prepare a few questions as well. Um, the one question is from a guy named at Matt underscore Rasset. How in the heck do you engage or balance your creative lifestyle with responsibilities of family and paying bills? Okay. Let's, let's focus on the word balance. How we focus on the word we balance? We should focus um, on the word balance because I always get asked the same question. Oh, yeah. you're gone 200 days a year. You travel. I thought I traveled a lot with like 150 to 200,000 miles a year. This guy has like two to 300,000 air miles a year. So mm. they, they like yeah. us when they see us coming. But that's right. Like our money, talk yeah. to me about balance. That's balance. a great question. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say as well. Um, you know, I, there's so much to say about balance. I guess uh, I've never really been interested in living a balanced life. You know, I, don't, I think uh, balanced people don't change the world, first of all. I think balanced people don't really follow a dream. You know, this doesn't mean that you don't have responsibilities. Like, just go to the other part of his question: How can you have a family? Well, sure, you can have a family and have you know, but balance is kind of like, I feel like um, balance is like a made-up word. It's like invented by corporations, you know, to make their employees think that they're happy. You know, it's like you got this balance. Like you could work at Microsoft, you know, or something mm -hmm. here in Seattle. And uh, there's like ten Microsoft people in the audience. That's right. Here, no disrespect sure. to Microsoft. Let's pick another. <laughs> Microsoft's a great company. One out of every five people that's in right. Seattle works at Microsoft. That's right. You know, and it's like, you know, you got you got this thing, and, and maybe you love your job, and if you love your job, that's great. But I, I hear from a lot of dissatisfied people at some of these big companies, and they write in. And they're like, I'm reading your blog from my cubicle, and like, you know, I have this good job, and I've got my health insurance, I've got free yoga every Thursday. Um, but I'm not really, you know, fulfilled. Right, I'm not really fulfilled. So for me, I guess I'm much more interested in that word fulfilled. Like, you know, how can you live a fulfilled life? And um, you can live a fulfilled life and still pay your bills. You know, lots of creative people do it, lots of unconventional people do it. And uh, it's, I would say, if anything, it's actually much more common now than it used to be. You know, when I first um, started working online, you know, 15 years ago, I didn't know a lot of other people who were doing that. You know, my friends thought I was selling drugs or something. Well, or you like, were. Well, I was, you know, but, uh, <laughs> or like online gambling or, you know, whatever. Like parents have no idea how the internet works and stuff, but now it's, uh, it's much more common. So I, I don't really like the word balance myself. So what we'd like to do is we want to replace the word, like living a balanced life is not the goal. Mm -hmm. The goal is living a fulfilled life. Mm -hmm. So I was recently asked this question about balance and um, I feel like balance makes me sort of numb because it mm. means I'm like, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes that I'm supposed to be checking. Yeah. And that sort of numb feeling is actually just a pile of cotton balls between me and feeling fulfilled. That's not to say, I guess the way that I, I'm, I'm backing into the question here, but um, when I feel balanced, I feel like I'm unable to do great things. Mm. And that is my, my goal in part is to make the world a more creative place and I've done that through connecting with uh, a, a like-minded community. I've done that through creating iPhone app through Creative Live is something mm -hmm. that I think is, is changing the world, bringing free creative education. But none of those things were achieved through living a balanced life. Right. And I, it's, it's hard to say that I don't want balance because I feel like we're so programmed to want this 
life, and I feel like this life actually might not exist. Hi there, I haven't seen you in a long time. Sorry. It's nice. I, I want it to be okay for us to say that today mm. and to not get sort of chastised for it. Right. But a balanced life makes me feel numb. And mm. I think my wife knows this better than anyone in my life that when I'm, you know, I'm waking up at the same time, doing all the things that are good for your sleep patterns and all, like, I never, I feel good as in like, oh, my body feels like it works, but I don't feel like I'm engaged with yeah, life. Yeah. Maybe a better word is, is convergence or harmony or something. I want to be in harmony, you know, like I want to be in, in good relationship with people. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm checking off boxes. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, this amount of time is spent to my, for my work and this amount of time is spent for my personal life and this amount, you know, I always think like if, if you're so concerned about this finding this perfect equilibrium between work-life balance, something's wrong with your work or your life. Right. You know, right. like I go to sleep thinking about my work. I wake up thinking about it because I'm, in, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited yeah. about doing what I love to do. Yeah. Um, the questions are continuing to pour in. Again, I'm, I'm Chase Jarvis. This is Chase Jarvis Live. Hashtag CJ Live, and I'm here with Chris Gilbo. And the questions are pouring. I'm going to hit one more from the uh, internet, and then go to you all, folks here in the live studio audience. The question comes in from at Pyro. Zoyo, <laughs> it's a very difficult Twitter handle. Sorry, like burning, and it's, it's, burning down buildings. Yeah, or we are. I think I think so. Or zygotes burning downs, and that's a bad thing to say. Okay. Sorry, there's a lot of BS between old timer photographers and newcomers in my country. How do you break that barrier? And let's. So the the, the online audience is largely creative uh, folks. They're photographers, designers, filmmakers, people that want to change the world with their art, um, and or their business. I would say. Uh, so I'm going to try and relate that more largely um, to when you're new in a game, how do you sort of break in? There's, there are a lot of barriers. Mm. And I would love to get your take on this first because I, I, I'm formulating mine. But like, when you came into writing about what it is that you do, there was no one who was writing about that. Or, or there were people who were established in the sort of the, the genre in which you were writing. Mm. How did you break in? What's, yeah. like, there are a lot of barriers there. And to get a book deal, to sure, sure. so, how did you break? Through? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there are a lot of barriers to getting started. You know, I think yeah, there, there are like milestones along the way, right? But I don't know that uh, that there are barriers. Sure, sure. But this came about like you know, this came about three years in. Okay. Well, that's presumably you figured it out. That's why you write about it. Right? Well, sure. Yeah. Okay, so you but figured I mean, it out. So how book, do you break through? Yeah, regardless well, about the money, like. You got to break through. Right. Well, I start. Okay. So let, let's tactics. Let's, I want these yeah, people yeah, yeah. to walk away great, with great, real great. value, so great. they can say, "Chris G said that this is how he did it, and there's great. a lot of that stuff that I can take and here's, apply to here's my." Here's exactly life. how I did it. Okay. I came back from Africa, moved here to Seattle, was like, "I, I want to start a writing career. Like, I want to be a writer. You know, like anybody who's like, I want to be a creative or whatever." And so, like a lot of aspiring writers, I never actually wrote for a long time, and finally I was like, oh, step one, I actually need to write. You know, step two, I need to share that with the world somehow, and how can I do that? Well, there, there aren't really any barriers to sharing your, your work online, you know, even if nobody reads it. So I, you know, I, started, I was like, what do I have to share? Okay, art of nonconformity. You know, let me start with something that's, that's broad enough that I can grow it, um, not just with the audience or community in mind, but with my own so self let's, in mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slow yeah. down just a second. So yeah. you, what you did is you named the thing that you were creating. Step and you two. Started, started the blog, yeah. So A, I'm gonna write. Right. Two, what am I gonna write? Right. Hmm, don't know. Nonconformity, unconventional strategies for life, work, and travel, right? It's, it's deliberately broad, right? So people always think you have to do something like super niche. You named it though, and that allows sure. as an identifier. I'm trying sure. to like, this is fundamental shit here. Right. So I'm gonna write. Here's, here's the heading under which I'm going to write. Right. You called it the art of nonconformity, which also ended up being 
the book, but that the came book. later. This right? came later. Right? So there's just there's this. I'm going to write about all these things that I care about, and really, when I look at my life, my life is about not conforming to the things that other people think I should do. Right. So, I so you started writing. Right. So step three is like I begin to formulate some kind of message. Right. It's a little bit rough at first. It's not so great. You know. You should always go back if you want to like see how somebody's built a blog. You should go back to the beginnings of their blog, because it's usually very bad. In the beginning, oh, so they're not very formulated. You know, it's just like, and and that's good. You can see how they developed and how they grew along the way. So I just start putting out a message. And the message is, you don't have to live your life the way other people expect you to. You know, you can do good things for yourself and for others at the same time. Here are the stories of how I've done that, how how other people are doing that. This is what I'm trying to share with the world. So I start sharing it with like five people. You know, one of them is my grandma. I think she subscribed twice because she had like two AOL <laughs> accounts. You know, I was really excited when it went from like four to five subscribers, and I was like, "Oh, it's my grandma again!" Right? She had you know? AOL <laughs> right. and Clearwire slash AOL slash yeah, you know Media exactly. Temple slash but, Monkey Launch. But then you know she started forwarding out my articles to like all of her, spamming all of her friends. You know, and so then the, like the audience grows to like eight or nine people. Grandma um, used to throw raves. She's a big promoter. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, she's a big spammer on AOL, actually. Um, no, I just started with people that I knew. I mean, literally like 25 people, and I asked them to share it if they liked it, and uh, and I kept doing. It. I said I'm going to publish this even if no one's reading it. I'm going to I'm going to have I'm going to set a schedule, and there's going to be two posts a week, Monday and Thursday. I'm never going to break this schedule. Is it true that to this day you have not broken that schedule? That's that's correct. It's a streak, five years. And the streak is important because the streak is important for yourself when you're doing the creative work. It's not so much about how like the community would be disappointed if I missed a post. Like probably no one would care. I would get like two emails, you know. I've been subscribed for years. I didn't know you wrote every right. day. Right. So exactly. First day, but it's about so. yourself. It's like it's right. about like I'm going to commit to doing this. You know. Commitment. So, that, so now we're identifying these right. things. You decided you're going to write. Then you have a deliverable. Then you have a deliverable. Monday and Thursday. This is going out or whatever. You know. 10 people, 25 people, you know, then a few more start, people start writing. Then I st start thinking, okay, how can I actually formulate the message a little bit you know, more cohesively? I wrote a manifesto called A Brief Guide to World Domination. And I had a great designer. Who can made we it get a nice. what up for that title? A Brief Guide to World Domination? That's, like, that's a very... Well, I didn't want to write the long guide to world domination. People don't have time. <laughs> I love you, Chris. That's amazing. Okay, so you're writing, and then uh... and then I start sharing with people. I start, I start sharing. I start spamming people. You know, not spam like I start writing to people I, I knew and respected, and say, you know, hey, like I wrote this thing. You know, maybe it's no good, but if it is good, you know, check it out. Um, I'm just, I, I just try to take it very seriously. I try to treat it as a career, even though it wasn't a career. But you, you have like what happens to your bills and your wife and your your uh, mortgage and stuff. Sure, sure. I mean, it was a little stressful in the beginning. Yeah, but this is what people want to know about. Yeah. What'd you do? Like, I, I'm just writing and pontificating with yeah, my yeah, beret yeah. and a cigarette. That's right. No, what do you, like, how do you make it happen? That's right. You know, uh, within a few months, I started noticing, like, you know, more people are reading, and I noticed that people are asking questions. This is what I encourage everybody to do. If they're thinking about, like, self-employment, and you have no idea, like, what your skills are, you're like, I've got these skills, but I don't know how to apply them in a specific way. I noticed that people were asking me the same kind of questions over and over. And in my case, they were asking me, like, how do you travel the world? How much does that cost? How do you, like, because I'm writing about travel hacking and booking, you know, frequent flyer awards and round-the-world tickets and all these things I did to kind of save money and help me accomplish the goal. People are like, how do you do that? So, you know, like a dumbass, I'm just, like, writing back to every person, like, over and over, you know, with the answers, you know. And then I finally realized, like, maybe there's actually a need for this information, you know. And the same is true with self-employment, because I had been an entrepreneur for, you know, a decade before, not starting a big company, but always just kind of working for sure. myself however I could do it. Um, and people are always asking, like, how does that work, and how can I get started, and, like, I want to, like, build a website and offer something, to, but I don't know how to. So, so basically, I, you know, I started creating some products and services in response to those questions. And I said, like, I'm going to write my blog for free, 
and I'm thrilled that people care about it and read and there's no like, you know, ads or anything, there's no sponsors, or anything. it's just like, it's there. Um, but if you're interested, uh, these products are also available. And, and those products were eBooks at first. Uh, initially, eBooks, and I started creating some more like audiovisual and then courses and, and services and things. But that, like, again, that kind of came secondary. You know? How are you paying the bills while you're doing this? Uh, I was still doing a lot of the, the previous like small business stuff that I did. And Got it. It was phasing out. I could see like. Because I, I, was, I wasn't motivated to continue it. Got it. And I'm not very good at doing anything I, I'm not motivated to do. And so basically, I had this imperative of like, I need to like establish something here, but I also want to do it in a way that, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm doing it with integrity to where like, because I wanted right. to be a writer and not, you know, so much sell a lot of stuff. How many people in the audience, by show of hands, are doing something? And this is like, we're being pretty honest up here. I'd expect you guys to do it. Your employer is not going to see this. We won't put the audience, the camera on you. How many people, show of hands, are doing something that you don't want to be doing right now and you've got something else in mind? Put your hand up. I'm going to, bat, I'm going to put that at 50%. That's great. So one of the things that I think, oh, we got a, a little mic thing going on. Oh, sorry. There's just a, a man on the set oh, with good. us. Sorry. Man, well. Doug, no, Doug's a good guy. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, I feel like one of the skills that is massively lacking in our culture is how to transition from one thing to another. Mm -hmm. And if there was a roadmap, yeah. I, and I could create that roadmap, which is something I have in mind, I'm, I have a book that's brewing inside me, and mm -hmm. like the ability, how you actually go from one thing to another. To me, that's one of the most important things mm -hmm. that is not being taught anywhere. Mm -hmm. And my shirt, my Cliff Notes version is, that's probably trademarked. Um, <laughs> is that you have to be able to juggle with two mm -hmm. hands. So okay. like right now, you are in your cubicle mm -hmm. and you don't want to be there. I would, if, if I was this person, I happen to not be in that seat right now, but I was once. And I had to figure out how to keep enough money coming in the door such that I could actually start to juggle with the other hand over here. And this is, it's nights and weekends. How many of you guys know about Gary Vaynerchuk? He, he talks about this stuff a little yeah. bit. And he, you know, he usually says it much louder than I'm saying it <laughs> and with more F-bombs in there. But like you have, like this happens in nights and weekends. It doesn't happen between the hours of nine and five. And the belief, like what you said is you had to call yourself a writer. You had to like, define an umbrella under which you would write. And then you had to start writing mm -hmm. and then start sharing it. Those are pretty, pretty basic things. And all those can happen between the hours of five and midnight on any given day. And what happens in my case, and I think in some other people's cases, is that you start to feel really alive mm -hmm. because you're doing the thing that you were supposed to be doing. And the, the step two for me was quit this sort of corporate job. If you're an mm -hmm. accountant and you want to be a photographer, say, you find out how much it takes for you to live. This is, I don't, I do not accept the like, oh, I'm stuck. I got a big mortgage and a yeah. bullshit. You're stuck in here. What does it cost to actually make ends meet? Let's say it's $3,600 a month. You can make $3,600 a month waiting tables or parking cars or doing something where the hours are very, very flexible. It might be uncomfortable for you. It might be uncomfortable for your family. But how uncomfortable is it to live a life where you don't achieve your dream? I say it's pretty uncomfortable. So quit your day job when you have a restaurant gig lined up where you know you can make this amount of money. And then do that. And for every waking minute that you're not doing that, or feeding your family, or cleaning the dishes, or whatever it is that you have to do, these things that are in your way, you do the thing that you were meant to do more than anything else in the world. You will feel more alive, and you'll be so motivated to kick ass at this thing, mm -hmm. that you will notice trends, you will understand what people want, and you will be able to fulfill your dreams. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is the missing ingredient in our culture. And that mm -hmm. is so simple. 
It's hard here, but it's actually not hard to do. It's hard here, but the steps, he says four steps. None of those steps are complicated. Anyone in this room could wait tables and make decent money and have tons and tons of flexibility. You might not want to, but how much do you want to do the thing mm. that you were supposed to be right. put on this well work said. to do? Well, that's great. Well said. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, you should. I think somebody probably is going to tweet it already. That's good. Yeah, it's copyright. All that's copyright. No, I was just going to say, like, like <laughs> so we all make time for what we all make time for what's important to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We all have the same amount of time. You know, like there's no nobody has more time than anyone else. Right. Um, so even if you don't quit your job, like start where you are. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. I, people always like, because they, they are stuck because they, like, they, if they see where they are now, they've got this high paying job in some cases, mm -hmm. and it's not what they want to do, but they feel like, how do I like, you know, get from here to there? So start the business while you have the job. You know, I yeah. hear from a lot of people that do this. You know? Yeah, I mean, go back spend, to, that's right. The is that one of, the, uh, one of the, the tenants of the $100 startup? You know, I mean, people do it in different ways. Right? But I definitely hear from a lot of people who start their, you know, their project while they have their job, and then they either quit their job to, you know, to, to pursue that full time, or it's just like a side thing. And then they, they enjoy like, not having all their income coming from their employer, right? and they have like, additional security. And then you know, one of my favorite stories is when I hear from people who actually like, enjoy their jobs, and they're happy about it, but they've built this other you know, business and, or thing or whatever it is. And then uh, my favorite quote that I heard from somebody in the book was, uh, he said, you know, now I go to work because I want to go to work, not because I have to. Right, and if the situation ever changed, like if it, you know, like I have a good relationship with my colleagues, you know, and my boss. But if I didn't, I got something else I can do, and it's something else I can grow. So I guess I'm 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 very motivated by, you know, encouraging people to find their own freedom and independence, however however that looks. How important is freedom? I think freedom is the most important. I think freedom is the most important because you have choice, and you can, you know, you, you can set your own priorities and agenda and, and schedule and uh, take advantage of all the different opportunities and possibilities available to us. What do you think? I think freedom is amazingly important. I think so. The, uh, and for those folks that feel trapped, I mm -hmm. think you're mostly trapped by you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know your individual circumstances, yet it might actually be chained to a fence post, and then you really are trapped. But unless you're chained mm -hmm. to a fence post, you probably are, are you know, chained in your mind and mm -hmm. not necessarily changed. And finding out the path to get to what you want is actually step number one. Mm -hmm. Um, phew. That was pretty good. Man, if I stretch out no, for a second. Good. Wow. Um, the phones are going crazy. Thanks for all you folks out there in the Twitter who are writing into us. I really appreciate it. I'm going to take a second and go to the live studio audience here, so maybe we can get that camera in position. I know there's some folks that have been hungering for questions. You folks out there, keep them coming. I'm Chase Jarvis. I'm here with Mr. Chris Gillibo, and we're taking your questions about, having, about how to live an unconventional life. Lifelong self-employed guy, um, but now we got Norton with the microphone. There's a qu oh, Jeff's got the microphone, and he's going to hand it to a wonderful person who traveled far and wide to come with us today. Who's got a question? Put your hand up. Come on. I asked you folks to have a question hand ready. Hand Boom. Hand Jason's got one. Right. Cool. Fire away. So early on, you mentioned. Um, Can I ask a question? Were you in The Bachelor? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Cheers, go ahead. Yes, thank you. Right. Uh, so early on, you mentioned. Yeah being frustrated with yourself a little yeah. bit about potential. Yeah. What are you specifically doing now? I mean, because I can feel that a little bit of myself. Sure. What I think that's it. I appreciate you asking that question. I think that's the thing that, that bugs me the most. Mm -hmm. And if I was in the audience and had a microphone in my hand, that's the question that I would ask next is, I feel it too. He feels it. What yeah. do you do? What's next? What am I struggling with, kind of? Yeah. Like what's, yeah. and what are you going to do about it? Yeah, what am I going to do about yeah. it? Great. Um, 
Where to start? Uh, how to be concise? Cliff Notes. Um, this is a 90-minute show, bro. I know. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and do you like the long format? I, I know like the it so much better. Like I see, like, Let me tell one... you, I like it so much better because I, I do these. You don't have to speak in sound bites like a I robot. And radio, these yeah. radio calling things that's like over-caffeinated. Nothing wrong with being caffeinated, but um, speaking of, exactly. Um, you know, like 45-second segments. You know, yeah. they're like Chris. You know, we just have one question for you. How can I change my life? You know, in 10 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, okay. First of all, it's not really my thing. Okay, back to Jason's question yeah, because right. I think it's really, really important. That's right. Um, I'm struggling with the fact, um, so I mentioned earlier, I have this great community of amazing people. Um, I feel like I've maybe like developed it to 10% of its potential. Um, and we should be a lot further along, right? And so the problem is me. The problem is not the community. Because they're out there doing all kinds of amazing stuff. They send me emails all the time. Chris, I just like walked across Turkey, you know, <laughs> over six months. You know, Chris, I just started this amazing charity. You know, just quit my job to do this. You know, and I'm like, what? It's just all coming into me from, you know, different... You know, and I've got, you know, we have these events that we do. We do, uh, I do a tour every time I have a book that comes out and I go to all these cities and all these great people and it's the same thing. And I'm like, great, what, what am I doing about this? You know, and it's not like it's my responsibility to do something with it, but I do feel like since so many people are part of it, like, right. why not step it up, you know? Well, I'm gonna go so, to back to Jason's question, which so what are, are you, you stepping doing? it up? I guess so I've always been like a solo guy. I've always been like very independent. I've never had employees. Never had assistants. Uh, I always say that my cat is my assistant. She like moderates comments on the blog, you know. So if I get bad comments and somebody's like, "Why didn't you approve my comment?" I'm like, "Ask my assistant," you know. Um, I've, so I've never like, aside from a World Domination Summit, uh, which we do have a great team for, um, and that event is so much the better because of it. I've never really built a team, uh, and I do feel like, you know, for a long time when I was traveling on my own and stuff, like maybe that was okay because I had the whole goal. But now it's like. I'm finding myself dissatisfied with my business. With, with $100 Startup, I feel like it was a good resource. It went out, and a lot of people engaged with it. Number one request from a lot of people was, like, how can we have local meetup groups? People are like, I'm in Toronto. You know, I'm in Denver. I'm in Dallas. You know, how can we like, all get together? And I'm like, great idea. I have no idea you know, what to tell you. Like, I, don't, I mean, it shouldn't be that complicated, right? But you're also, you don't, like, one person doesn't scale, right? Yeah. So is part of your plan when you say you're building a team, is it a team? You're building a team so that you can enable your community more? Or like, like Enabling the community is good. I don't want to say scale because it's not so much about doing more. It's about doing things better is what I feel like. I guess, um, I guess I'm just no longer happy with like, half-assing certain things. I think it's OK to half-ass some stuff. But now I'm kind of like, you know, what's the next goal? That's the other thing. People are like, OK, every country in the world done. What's next? You're going to go to outer space or like, you know, visit every country again in reverse order or something. And I'm like, no. All the planets. That's right. Um, you know, I'll leave that for somebody else. Okay. Uh, they can take that. Um, no, I want to do something better with community. So I'm committing here, you know, on the show, you know, basically like, you know, after the World Domination Summit over the next six months, I'm, I'm devoting a lot of time to figuring this out. Yeah. And we, we said at dinner last night that we would commit to something. So one of the things that I'm committing to is to continue to really push hard mm. on, um, on Creative Live. And we've already educated more than, more than uh, 2 million people in, uh, according to Google, 200 countries, but according to you, 193 yeah. uh, countries that's around great. the world. That's so fantastic. I'm going I'm to do my best to help make that resource that's mm. live, free, creative education. So I'm going to continue to push hard on that while maintaining my, my independent artist status right. because that gives me a lot of joy. Jason, can you, can you wrap it up and say, is there something that you're doing? Are you going to yeah. make a commitment so, to us today? Like, wow. that, That's a good that, question. I, uh, I've had two and a half failed startups in the last four years. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I, this is, I didn't know what you guys were going to talk about today, so I'm sitting here thinking this is really relevant to me mm. because I don't know what's next. I mean, I feel, I did this, I don't know who's watching, but I did this whole Bachelor thing and took a big chunk out of my life. And I feel like it gave me an interesting platform to do something really good. And I don't know what that is yet. I thought it was nonprofit work and helping single parents. And I've thought about a lot of different things. But as I sit here today, um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm looking for answers. And I'm searching internally. But I think one thing I think a lot about is kind of what you guys are working on a little bit here is just content in Seattle. You know, you're one of very few people who address content in our local community and not the normal newsy way, not the, I'm gonna address it to the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at under baby boomers. And I think you guys both do a good job of that. And I'm kind of exploring that for myself. Great, well, I'm gonna look forward to hanging out with you a yeah, lot. One the of these days. Well, yeah. Because I feel like you, have a, you do have a great platform and there's a lot of opportunity. So maybe we can help solve one another's yeah. problems over yeah. a couple Big of years. Big night of drinking ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I see it, I see it in our future. Yeah, thanks, Awesome, man. thank you, Jason. Um, anybody else in the live studio audience has got a question? We're, we're, we've got, oh, I think that hand up was at first. We'll come back to you up here in a second. This is a great show. If you're tuning in, I'm Chase Jarvis. I'm here with Chris Gilbo. We're taking questions live via the Twitter at hashtag CJLive. And we're also now talking to the in-studio audience about basically how to, uh, how to kick ass and take names and live the life that you want to live, not the one that somebody else wants you to. All the way in the back. Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name is Nathan. Um, pretty stoked to be here. Um, I... Uh, I myself, and I think a lot of people, might be fond of a phrase that's something similar to, when life deals you a bad hand, remember that you run on your feet. Mm. Um, when you're in the middle of a plan, carrying something out, or even formulating you know, what your next move is, your next adventure, um, what do you uh, do? What's your process when something bad comes up? What are, you, what are your feet in those, times of, in those hard times, basically? What keeps mm. you going? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. question. And uh, again, so what are your feet? What are your like? What do you go to when shit's a mess? Right, shit is shit is often a mess. Um, but I guess something that's helped me from the very beginning of this journey is I always think like I always thought, like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know? Yeah, Tim Ferriss is great about asking yeah, sure, that question. Yeah, sure. And the wor- you're like, what is the like? It's usually not going to be that bad. You know, worst thing that happens is you're going to fail. It's going to you know be hard or something. Um, I don't know, I guess what, when you say, like, what do you go back to? I guess I go back to, the, like, what's the point? Why am I doing this in the first place, you know? And I thought about that a lot, like, on the journey, you know, to every country. It was like, when, I, when something went wrong, I had visa problems in different places. I couldn't get into countries. I got stuck places, uh, you know, had to regroup many, many times and slept on the floor of airports and all that. And, it's all, and I was always like, what, what is the point? Why am I doing this? You know, is it to make a name for myself? Because that sucks. Like, if that's all it is, like, there's, there's got to be a better way, you know? <laughs> Um, yeah, or how long is it, it take you? Twelve years or so? Yeah, years? Ten, ten years. There's a better way to make an name for yourself. Right, probably so. You know, S- swifter. Right. Okay. Right. Um, no, it, for me it was like, what's the core compass? Why am I doing this? And and it, so for me it goes back to that beginning because I thought I could, because I thought I could, and I realized it would be exciting, and if I didn't try it, I would regret it. And so, pretty much even in, even in the moments of struggle, even when I really hated different parts of it, which I did at different times, right. you know, I still thought overall it's worth it. You know. But I think if I didn't have that motivation, I don't know if I would have been able to you know, overcome it in the same way. I think yep. if it was some, some external thing, it would have been really hard. Yeah, I, th- I, have a, I think about the motivation for doing things quite a bit. And if I ever find that I'm not motivated to do something, then I'm probably not doing the right thing. Mm. Because the things, when I'm tuned in to what I believe I'm supposed to be doing, then the hurdles come up, that come up, and there are a lot of them, a lot. <laughs> mm. They are there to keep everybody else out if I'm doing the thing that I want to do, 
because I look at them as they're just absolutely transparent. I can go up around them, through them, whatever I need to do. It's very, very temporary. But if I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be doing and these hurdles start coming as they do with any project and it sounds hard and painful and I just don't, la I, I lack the motivation to do it, mm. then it, it's me. I've got a faulty goal. Because if you're truly aligned with the thing you're supposed to be doing, all that shit goes away. Mm -hmm. I think motivation is, is, is critical. Yeah, and, and being like, honest with yourself about yeah. what is your motivation here. Right. Because you can, you can kind of suck it up a little bit. Like if you're doing something that you, you don't like to do, if it's a task, you can mm -hmm. probably complete it. But if it's like a lifelong project, you know, like forget that, you know? Like I'm writing this book on quests now. That's my new thing. Like I'm, I'm studying different people. Are we, who, is this new news? Are you just announcing this right now? Uh, I haven't talked about it much before. So it's a new, new, the new project. I mean, I'm not pimping it or anything. Okay. It's like in the middle of the writing phase right now, you know. But I'm studying like people all over the world who have undertook a you know, quest, who have like, you know, something that requires a lifelong focus or, you know, 10 years or more or something. So there's a, there's a guy who was silent, you know, for more than 17 years, he took a vow of silence, and then he walked everywhere. Um, there are people that have, you know, cycled around the world or families that have done stuff. There's a woman who sailed, young woman who sailed around the world, all these kind of people. And, and it's, it's really interesting to see, like, what motivates them, you know? And some people are very achievement motivated. Some people are like, yeah, there's this goal, I'm gonna go for it. Other people are very motivated by process, but they found a, like the structure around the process and that's why they have the goal and the quest. Um, but what I think is somewhat consistent is the, the motivation has to be very internal. It's, it's not something like this, I'm gonna do this and, and uh, I'm gonna become successful or famous or I'm doing this for some other reason. Like there, there has to be sacrifice in, involved. And uh, there was one interesting story, there was a New Yorker article about this guy, and I'm going to get some of the details wrong, um, but he set out to run a certain number of marathons or something at, a, at like a sub three hour pace. And something he was like 50 in a row or something, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. But the story is, so there's been a number of people who've done these kind of marathons, but he actually, um, he started doing this. He was a runner, but he actually wasn't successful or he got tired or something. And so he started kind of like exaggerating some of the details and he would like put himself, mark himself down for races that he didn't complete. And then it kind of, it was like a sliding, you know, a slippery slope because then he started like making up entire races and like basically like he's chronicling this quest that no longer existed, essentially. And it was a fascinating story. It's very sad in some ways, but it's almost like you can look at it and you say, well, he had some, his motivation, something was wrong there because it wasn't just about himself. It was about publicly saying that I'm doing this. Got it. So you have, it's a long answer to say you have to go back to the core. You have to understand like, why are you doing what you're doing? And, you know, if, if, if something is, is important to you, then you'll be able to keep doing, doing it. But if it's not, then, you know, give it up. One of the things that I'm hoping to do with conversations like this is for the people that aren't actually on that path um, to be introduced to a lot of people who are on that path. Mm. And it's through studying you and, and people like you who are doing the thing that makes them very, very happy for the right motivations. That there's a hope that that can deeply inspire the folks that are, are not there yet. So if you're sitting in that cubicle and you don't want to be, or you're one of the 50% of this audience who's not doing the thing you want to do, hopefully this is, uh, is something you can live by. There was a question up here, Jeff. Can you bring that mic up? And um, this gentleman here in the front row. Who, who are you and what's your question? Uh, I'm Justin, and hey, Justin. thanks for hosting what's and up, thanks man? for being here, Chris. My pleasure. Um, we're going to stick around and we're going to hang out after this because awesome. we only got another 40 minutes left and we're going to go all... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this kind of ties back in with, with Chris's question is um, 
feeling like you're supposed to be doing something and then either the door closes or something else opens up or you feel like you need to move on to something else in your life. Sure. As you age and have a life experience and progress, how do you guys deal with, uh, I guess, refocusing and kind of moving forward and then what you feel like is a new direction? That's, that's a really fair question. That's very much in line with uh, there's some folks that uh, I see those questions popping up on Twitter. They're really in line with what you're saying. So, uh, Chris, take it away. I'll, I'll follow you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going through this readjustment right now, basically. It's kind of like what we were talking about. And um, I, I guess something that helps is, is going back to like, okay, what's, what are we trying to do here? What's the goal? What are we working toward? What have we done so far? And what's, what's next? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to get more specific and more intentional about that. I'm trying to, you know. Is there, is there an element of honesty? Because I find myself, mm. like, there's a little bit of self-deception at play yeah. when I get sucked into something that I'm really not supposed to be doing. Mm. But it's shiny, and I'm, I'm like, I'm intellectual. I don't think I'm, uh, well, maybe I am. I haven't been officially diagnosed, sure. but then again, I haven't been to the doctor in 10 years. So, <laughs> uh, But I'm intellectually ADD. Yeah. And... I think I sort of replace that, um, the focus with movement, so that yeah. I don't have to. Interesting. So Interesting. I don't. Ha it's like a, it's a mechanism for self-deception. Right. So right. how do you? Yeah, I think it, it's really relevant no, to your question. No, so. I totally. I struggle with the same thing. Uh, like after last year's uh, event in Portland, Jolly and I went away for a week, and I tried to like take a week to like relax and to decompress and all that, and I wasn't able to do it. Like we took the week. But I wasn't a, like physically able to like relax, even though I, I knew it was a good thing, and I just really struggled with it. Um, it I mean, it's something I'm trying to figure out uh, myself. So I don't know. I don't know if you have any insight. Um, uh, I think it just comes down to trying to break through the self-deception mm. with an, an honesty cord that it goes back to your motivations, because I said it earlier. Excuse me. I'll say it again. The mm. answers are definitely in here. Mm. Anytime the answers are out there probably the wrong answer mm. like if because you want to be taller than this person or better than this or like to me those there's a, an easy way to understand them internally and defining those internally such that if I uh, uh, in I uh, I come upon hurdles which I have not had one thing in my life that would be considered a successful achievement that didn't have so many hurdles that anybody who wasn't me would probably not want to do those things because they were so very, very specific. Uh, you know, creating the first iPhone app that shared images direct mm. to social networks with best camera. That was, you know, 2008. We were working on the idea. We did it in 2009. And everyone told me I was crazy that people didn't want to do that. Well, as it turns out, I was right. But I had to break through so many barriers. And I can't tell you, there was 100 of them. And they all were like mountains. But I wanted it bad enough that those mountains, I was the whole time going, oh, I got this one, but I'm, I know I'm gonna see a lot of people bite the dust on this one, people that were running alongside me because it's too hard. And so it's when you have, there's an internal compass that when you're being honest with yourself that I feel like it points to true north and that's when you know you're on your game. And if you're starting to find like, oh, this sounds too hard, it's probably not the right thing. Mm. Um, thanks for those three great questions. Yeah, Again, good. if you're just now tuning in, I'm Chase Jarvis. I'm here with my good friend, Chris Gilbo. We are taking questions. There's a contest going on mm. to be, if you hear Chris say something really smart, uh, throw that quote into a tweet or a Facebook post um, on my page, hashtag CJ Live, and or ideally it's the link to this uh, page right here so that we can 
uh, drive some of your friends to watch what it is that we're doing here because I think we're dropping some good knowledge. Um, I'm going to go back to something that we started talking about last night also, which was a little bit of a, um, I don't want to get too morose, but there's a, like, there's a, a post-success letdown. Absolutely. There's a buzz when yep. you're kicking ass and doing yep. cool stuff. What is that like? And you know, this might be relevant for you. Um, I'm sure it's relevant to a couple folks here in the audience that have done cool shit. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a crusher for me. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about like post accomplishing the, being the first person in the history of humanity to travel to all 193 uh, countries or putting out a, a, the book called The $100 Startup, which is a New York Times bestseller, and then you traveled to how many countries to promote it? Uh, to seven continent book tour. Seven continent yeah, so book tour. Last it. time I checked, there were seven continents. Yeah. That's right. We didn't how leave any of them out. Yeah. How many uh, did you have done, to sell a lot of five, books? We've done five so far. Yeah. Haven't. I didn't sell a lot of books in Antarctica yet. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, bring my own. But there post this thing, you like. All right. You do your book tour. Like, woo! Yeah. Now you're tired and you're. It's quiet. Absolutely. No one's calling huge, you. Huge letdown. Huge letdown. Like, the, the, for me, the letdown, bigger letdown, is like the journey to every country thing. And for me, it actually happened about a year ago. So before it was actually done. And I have to give credit to Jolie, my wife, because maybe two years ago she said, hey, I want you to be thinking about this because uh, I want you to be thinking about what comes next. She's a you wise know? woman. I know, apparently so, because I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'll, I'll just keep doing my thing. Like, you know, she's like, no, I'm really worried about it. Like, I'm worried you're going to be sad and, and like, oh, it's fine, you know. And then like, uh, like last year, I was actually traveling through South Asia and uh, all of a sudden I just had this weird sense. I was like, I I'm not going to be doing this in this way. You know, I'm going to keep traveling. But... Uh, this is this part is coming to an end, you know, and all of a sudden I just like, you know Begin to have this sense of melancholy, you know, and it was like What what, what happens, you know, and so kind of process that for a number of months and just um, asking other people who'd been through it And you know studying people who have under undertook these quests is really good because almost everyone struggles with it one way or another uh, And so that's another thing that we're trying to do is let people know that they're not alone absolutely. When, they're, when they're achieving or failing and there's this post this, this post-buzz letdown. Right. And so you, you, you felt it. I did. I absolutely felt it. And uh, I think, so I think one of the answers, not necessarily the answer for everyone, but one of the answers is it's very important to know what comes next. It is very important to know you're not necessarily going to go to, you know, another hundred countries or whatever it is, but it's, it's good to have an idea, you know, of, okay, here's, maybe there's something that's been in your mind for a while, a notion or something. It's good to have an idea of what your next focus is going to be. And so, you know, over the previous six months, as I thought about that, I was like, okay, well, I need to, I want to do a better job with community and I have a specific idea about that that I'll roll out next year. But when we actually went to Norway last month for the... Which is where you ended yeah, your journey. Norway was the final country. Um, Which is, tell the people why. Uh, about, about 50 countries <laughs> ago. That's right. About 50 countries ago, I realized I wanted to have an idea where we were going to end mm -hmm. because it hadn't been super strategic all along, which is, this is a good point to bring out because people often think like, okay, 193 countries, you must have sat down and said like, okay, country number two, country number three, you know, here's where I'm going to be doing all this. And it wasn't like that for so, so long. You know, for me, it was like the, the goal evolved and it, it became more strategic later on. But in the beginning, it was just like, I'm traveling to a bunch of places. I'm going to do, you know, so only towards the end, it was like, I need to have a plan for the end. I don't want to end in like a crazy place. No offense to the Central African Republic or Sudan or whatever. Um, I want to end in a, finish up in Somalia. I want yeah, exactly. I want to end in a place that's relatively like stable, and also a lot of uh, my readers and friends said they wanted to come uh, as well. And so I thought we need to have a place that you know relatively easy for people to get to. So that was Norway. So we went there uh, last month with about 120 people, 
you know, and we had a party. It was great. We had it called it the uh, end of the world party, which was great. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And by the time I was there, it was fine. It was good. I was just like, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I'm really glad. I'm very happy, but I'm also like ready to to move on. And uh, mm -hmm. and so I think the place you want to end, ideally, is. And I don't know if this is your case, you know, as well. But the case, the place you want to end is like, yes, this was good. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to do something different. And that's how I felt. Good. Yeah, I feel uh, analogously. I feel like that ending something should be a celebration. Mm -hmm. um, my, I'm, I'm a little bit different in that I didn't know the next thing that I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I agreed okay. to sort of walk in the woods a little bit and okay. bump into some stuff with my eyes closed to figure it out, mm -hmm. to listen to that internal um, compass, if you will. And frankly, it took me longer to ha have that compass point to north than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and it turns out that that's, you know, what I want to be doing is, is a lot more community and changing the world yeah. through through art and, and democratizing creativity in a bunch of different ways. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm undertaking that with a, a variety of uh, tactics, being, you know, one being enabling um, you know, uh, interactive art projects like my artist in residency at the Ace Hotel or, or Creative Live, for example. So, but it took me a long time post best camera being a top 10 app in, in the world. So you had to, to walk in, in the woods. But when you were walking in the woods, were you distracting yourself? Or were you, did you actually take that time for introspection? Uh, I, I only I mean? realized hindsight that I was walking in the woods. And there was a deep mm. feeling of melancholy. And, mm. and I think you know, the, the Twitter sphere is a great um, medicine sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it's not a great medicine, medicine when you know, it's, it can be partly inspiration, partly advice, partly yeah. support, partly a sense of community. But it can also be if you're if you generate an ego based on reading tweets that say nice things about yourself. Absolutely. Then that never was really you know super fulfilling. I mm. I, I enjoy it, but mostly because it means I'm engaging with other people right. that are like me, right. or or you know we have similar interests. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the the back padding that I think people think it is. Right. Um, there's some great. some great, great people uh, try, uh, chiming in right now. One is at Deke Design. He says, "Have you he or she? Sorry, I don't know that one has." Uh, what quests, uh, quests have been known to result in internal transformations? Mm. How have you transformed? Wow, how have I transformed? That's a heavy question there. No, it's a great nice question. Um, in a lot of ways, I'm still like very you know, inward focused. I'm very introverted. I spend a lot of time by myself, and I, I, don't, I don't mind that. you know. Um, but definitely the quest has, has, has changed like, how I travel and how I engage with people because in the beginning I was just kind of out there on my own doing my thing, right. wasn't writing about it, you know? And then um, all of a sudden people started following along and I started, um, it wasn't so much the, the, the quest, but when I started having meetups with readers in different places, um, that really changed quite a bit because I went away with a much deeper appreciation of this whole thing, you know? Right. And so I guess maybe in the beginning I was like writing much more about the quest and then yeah. I got a big transition to where I'm writing more yeah. about people and ideas and, and things. So it definitely was a growth you know, area for me and that, that's probably the first thing I think of. That's a great one. Uh, if I'm gonna jump on the back of those coattails, I would say my transformation is really about gratitude. Mm. Um, a lot of um, my experience was how hard can I push myself? How far can yeah. I go? What's possible? Um, and then through that process, I realized that the successes and the failures, both of them didn't mean half as much 
without being grateful for the journey mm -hmm. and grateful for the people that I was able to surround myself That's with. Fantastic. So sort of a started a gratitude practice, and mm -hmm. um, and it has been transformational uh, for me. And it's not to say I have it down pat, right? I get off track quite a bit, but it's that idea that to being being grateful for where you are right now as a function of the process of getting where you're going, mm -hmm. that is hugely important for me. Um, and uh, I just saw a question from, uh, from at Sherry Innes. I know Sherry, nice to see you Sherry. Thanks for writing in. Um, and she asked about, and a lot of the, what makes a lot of this possible is who you surround yourself with. Mm. And then Tim Ferriss, another good friend, often quotes the person that I'm forgetting right now, but you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever heard that one, that can be painful sometimes. Right. Um, <laughs> but, or delightful. Right or delightful. So, where do you fit in? Like, how, do you surround yourself with a certain type of people mm. in order to sort of draw energy from them? Because when I think of giving these folks here today, giving taking from myself mm -hmm. inspiration and tactics from today's thing that's going to be meaningful and as actionable as possible, to me this is a really it's a very actionable um, you know answer. Like, yes. What 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 do you do with the people? <laughs> Well, you, you have to connect with like-minded people. You mm -hmm. have to, to you know, surround yourself with people who aren't necessarily you know, doing the same things that you're doing, but they have the same attitudes or the same mindset, at least. Um, so that's another thing that has been transformative because now when I meet readers or I come to do things like this, and I, I find it, like I'm in this weird business of inspiration, right? And mm -hmm. people are like, oh, it's so inspiring and stuff. But it's totally true that, that I, I legitimately derive like, a great deal of my inspiration from the, from the feedback and the interaction, as you were saying, yeah. like with Twitter. So online and offline, you mm -hmm. know, online is great. I mean, it, it's uh, relationships can be forged online, and you actually meet that person, and you feel like you know them already and stuff. Um, when I do stuff like this, but part of part of the reason we do the World Domination Summit is to bring together people, um, oh, you know, so who are cool. like-minded, especially like if they come from like small towns or something. You know, right. I hear this a lot of like, you know, I live in this place where it's not like Seattle or Portland right. or wherever, like. Uh, you know, there's just not a lot of people who think like I do, or my ideas aren't, aren't accepted, or maybe my family doesn't understand, you know, why I want to be an artist, or right. why I want to travel. They're just like, why don't you just go on vacation? Why do you want to, like, you know, go and see the world, you know? Um, so, I, so, you know, bringing people together and then just myself by, by being in that, it's helped so, so much. Well, that's largely why this show exists. Mm. Uh, the true backstory is that I, I had opportunities to do a show from a lot of the major networks, the E's, the Bravos, mm. the whatnot, and they wanted to make sort of what I call a shit show out of my life. As <laughs> a photography show is a really interesting show, but a show about people and ideas is a little bit hard for them to swallow. So this show really came out of mm. putting a, a camera on a on a computer and and broadcasting live one of the first live commercial photo shoots ever, and 25,000 people watched. Mm -hmm. It was like I actually don't need Bravo. Right. <laughs> Let's do it here. And the fact that we have you know, 50 people in the in-studio audience and that that fills up like that every time. And we've got, can we get, I think there's some folks here from Germany, right? Came all the way from Germany. Raise your hands, would you? Can we give a round of applause? Yeah, for these right. folks? That's great. All the way from Germany. That's amazing. To me, like that. That's amazing. Yeah, that is, that's so cool. And that makes me, you know, mm -hmm. that helps me get up in the morning by right. surrounding myself with like-minded people who want to travel around the world to sit in a room mm -hmm. with some guy for, for 90 minutes and hopefully learn something. That's the kind of person that I am. Mm -hmm. And that curiosity and, and inviting like-minded people. You talked about getting people together culturally and creatively in Seattle. Like that's something that mm -hmm. I have long wanted to do and to be able to do it globally. And 
You know, yeah. if I'm going to be at a bar in Sydney, I'll text and, yeah. and hopefully get to meet some people who are interested in the same kind of stuff that I am. And it so, just helps you raise the game overall, right? It helps you like, you're like I have, I'm going to do a better job now because yeah. I had this conversation. I met this guy in Sydney. I met these folks who travel from Germany. You know, and so in my case, like when I get emails, or when I meet folks, it's the same thing. I'm like, when I'm making a new project or I'm trying to do something, I'm like, oh, I have to think about those people. I can't just like, it's not like I'm making this for this unseen audience or something. I have to think about that person. And is this good enough? You know, like, am I, am I just... Is this really going to like provide right. some kind of solution to, pe to people's needs or, or not? You know, and so that, that forced accountability helps a lot. Fair enough. This has been a little bit heavy. Whew. Yeah, sorry. We bring, no, no, we bring it's it good. Down no, no, I, I like about, it. Like, your favorite well, country I, I talked about, yeah. People always ask, what's your favorite country? I hate that question. <laughs> it was a dumbass question. You know? <laughs> I will not ask that question now. That was going to be my next question, but no. <laughs> It's like, strike that. <laughs> uh, um, I also think that the distance between the things that people are doing, mm. myself included, mm. and the thing that they want to be doing is actually a lot shorter than, than mm. you think it is. That distance, it feels super far away, but in your case, we already asserted that it was, what, three or four things. Mm. You wanted to be a writer. You figured out you had to start writing. You figured right. out what you wanted to write about. Told you started, my grandma. Told your grandma, right. and she, now you're famous. <laughs> <laughs> the four-step process. Right, right. Maybe, maybe uh, something between three and four, right? But, right. but it is about, the, it is, about doing the work on a consistent yeah. basis. That is what yeah. it is about. That is fundamentally it. So let's talk about doing the work. Right. Because there's a lot of people in my line of work yep. that don't want to do the work. Okay. Like, hey, Chase, I really love, you know, you right. get to, you create a life where you get to travel. Well, and, you make me famous. Here's yeah. my link, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, please don't send me super long emails if we've never met before asking me to do a lot of work for you. Right. No disrespect, I just don't know you and I get 50 of those a day. But there might be another way that we could connect and that way we can connect might be around sort of inspiration telling me how you can do something that's relevant to what it is that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Small departure. Yep. Let's go back for a second to like, yeah, to doing the work. Mm. The work is not emailing someone and asking you to promote them. Correct. The work is the work. The work is the work. The work is making something that's worth talking about. Right. Making something that matters. You know? Right. Makes, make work that's so good that people cannot deny it. I think, was that a, uh, who was an actor? Someone help me. I think it was Kevin Spacey says, mm. be so good that they cannot deny you. That's right. They and, can't ignore you, yeah. Yeah, ignore you. Yeah. That's, that is what I mean by doing the work. Mm. And in, I, I know almost intuitively after looking at someone's body of work, let's talk about it, photography, photographically speaking, if they've sort of done the work because mm -hmm. you can see a lineage, you can see a pattern in their work, you can see process, right. you can see all those things. And if you've just put, even if you just got this, landed this great campaign for Nike, mm -hmm. you, oh, I you know, just broke into the industry, I landed a campaign for Nike, awesome. Mm -hmm. And then next week, you will not be working for Nike. I guarantee it. You're going to go, I've seen this a hundred times, and there mm. are people that I've mentored probably listening out there right now. It's like, boom, big home run. All right, okay. No jobs for 12 months. Like, right. you thought you had arrived. But doing the work right. is repeating, all, repeating your successes over and over and over again such that you cannot be ignored. Right. I like a quote by Seth Godin. He said, uh, effort can be its own reward if you let it. You know, so when we're talking about motivations, uh, I think it's 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 critical to be motivated by doing the work itself. That the work itself is is enjoyable, mm -hmm. maybe not each aspect of it, right? Sure. But it has to it has to be because, as you said, you can tell, you can see the drafts and iteration. You can see like a person has gone through something. Uh, and I, I guess for me, once I started, once I was like, once I actually found a little bit of a process and mm -hmm. said, okay, I'm going to write these blog posts, I'm going to write books and things. Like I actually really, I was like, this is what I'm what I wanted to do, and. You know, it's great that, that uh, it's wonderful that people care about it now. It's great that so many people do, but I'm pretty sure I would do it anyway. You know, I, and I said that in the beginning, I was like, 
I just want to put this out for those who care. So for me, I'm very motivated by, we talked about deliverables mm -hmm. earlier, like, I'm, like every day I'm trying to write a thousand words. This is a, a, an, you know, an action, actionable habit yeah. that has helped. I want to get into that. We made you know, some notes about those things. What right. are these tactics that tactics, you... Tactics, you know, so, for me, I, so I write a thousand words a day. You know, and I'm always, I'm always traveling, I'm doing lots of different stuff. My goal is every day I'm gonna write a thousand words. A lot of it's not gonna be good, some of it's not gonna be usable, but that's all right. You know, I'm just trying to, to create. I'm trying every to, day, seven days? Um, it's kind of like, the way I think of it is like exercise. You know, like if I miss a day or something, it's okay. If I miss a couple of days, then it's like I start feeling it. So you know? it's gonna be bad. So like five to six days a week, basically. It's amazing. Anybody out there in the audience? But it's not that, that hard. It's, it's, you know, it's amazing, but let's pull that back because I don't think it's that hard. Right, because you're just sitting down and, and yeah. doing the work. Chuck Close, a famous you know, artist, mm -hmm. said, uh, if I only painted mm -hmm. or if I only went to work when I was inspired, I wouldn't have done very much work. Right. So right, there's of sort course. of there's a process of going, getting up every morning and, and right. sitting down. Inspiration and is like sitting down to do mm -hmm. it, you know? Right. Like inspiration doesn't was it Jack London's like inspiration doesn't find you you find it with a club or something <laughs> like you got to you got to go after that inspiration you know no I love that so I love that okay, so, so a thousand no, words thousand words these are tactics yep. that a writer that if you want to write you should do every day get right. up and write a thousand uh, words focused on outcomes and deliverables not focused on time schedule what I mean by that is uh, I often see advice that's like okay you know you're gonna set an, a timer or something and you're gonna like work on this project from like eight o'clock to eight fifty or something like that and that works for some people and that's great. Uh, but for me, I'm like always in different time zones, like lots of stuff's happening. So I'm, I'm only focused on what the actual product is. So the product is like, okay, blog posts, you know, manuscript or something, you know, interview, email or something. So I'm always focused on like shipping. There's, on, an, there's an objective, shipping object, a piece shipping, of software. Shipping, yeah, to use Seth Godin phrase again. Um, shipping, deliverables, outcomes. And just like that quote, effort can be its own reward. I find, I find that enjoyable. Like I find the process of like sending something out or you know, pressing the publish button or whatever, I find that enjoyable. And so I'm, that's the reward that I'm working for. I'm not looking for the reward of like the viral blog post. Right. I'm not looking for the reward of like, you know, lots of people buying something or whatever. I mean, that's great, but that, those are byproducts. So I'm looking for the reward of getting it out. So the reward is in the act. In the it's act, in, in, the, in the creative right. act itself. And if the reward is not in the creative act itself, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. And it's not sustainable, I would say. It's either not sustainable or it's not good. You know, I mean, the quality is not there, right. I would say. Inspiring stuff, inspiring stuff. We get it on another 10 minutes. Um, in that time, I, I would love to know by show of hands if there's some folks that have had some, que have some questions that aren't yet answered in the audience. All right, we got a couple here. I'm gonna go to these two. Uh, and then I'm going to take a couple more online, and then we're going to wrap up. So please tell us who you are. Say hi to the world. You're talking to either 10 or 10,000 people right now. So mm -hmm. I don't ever know who's watching on the other line, but, but please tell us a little bit about yourself and what your question is. Yeah, my name's Corey McGuire. Cool, Corey. I'm an entrepreneur here in Seattle. And uh, you both meet a lot of people. And so uh, who have you met lately that you're excited about, whether they're doing their creative, uh, a startup, um, nonprofit, whatever. Uh, who are you excited about, and more importantly, why? Wow, hmm. great okay. question. I, I will defer through. to you first, so I can think about it. No, I was going to do the same thing. Damn, that's good. <laughs> um, it's my show, Chris. That's right. Okay, I, I do what I can. So I was just—I mentioned briefly uh, uh, this guy who walked across Turkey. I was in Istanbul about two weeks ago, and I actually met him. I had been following you know, his his quest online. Um, he writes a great blog. I think it's called HeathenPilgrim.com. Heathen Pilgrim. His name is Matt Krause. So okay. if I get the, the website wrong, you just look Google Matt Krause. Um, and for about six months, 
he's been walking across Turkey just on, the, just on a self-discovery project, and he really liked the country of Turkey. And uh, he's American, actually, originally from Seattle. And uh, I just, I was impressed with his project. I'm like, why do you do that? He's like, because I, I really love the people of Turkey. I love the culture, and uh, I wanted to understand it better. So I went and did that. Um, and he's not famous. I mean, he's writing a book, but you know, not a whole lot of people know about him. Well, I guess they do now. But um, he's just somebody that I went away with saying, like, this guy's doing good stuff. And like, I, I would you know, love to take that with me, and hopefully that will help me with something I'm doing. Well, so do you know his URL? Talk a little bit more about him. Uh, so I think it is heathenpilgrim.com. Okay. As I said, Matt, maybe Matt Krause, K-R-A-U-S-E dot com. And it's not like traveling Matt, the no, dancing Matt. No, right? different guy. He's just walking. He's not dancing. <laughs> he wasn't dancing when I met him. He's probably dancing now, though, that you're talking about him on the probably, interwebs. Probably so, yeah. He's, Twitter's blowing up or something. Right. I don't know. Boom. No, yeah. sorry. I meet um, a lot of people doing these kind of, do these kind of things. And, and that's what I like. What am I doing? You know, I'm just like a writer. I'm just making shit up. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's what writers do. You know, but then people are actually out there like doing stuff and, and not just that kind of thing. But as you said, like starting businesses that make the world a better place and starting charities and, and not even just starting, but like stepping away, like making changes in life, you know, like stepping away from something that's, that's comfortable and easy to do yeah. something that's, that's fulfilling and thrilling, but also a little bit scary. That, that really inspires me when I, when I meet people and hear stories like that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, to answer your question, I think someone that I met recently, uh, is JR, the photographer. Mm. I don't know if you, you know JR's work. Um, he won the TED Prize last year, and he does amazing, gigantic mural installations in all over the world, um, you know, on the, the wall, uh, for example, on gigantic buildings, on um, the, the roofs of shanty towns in Africa and, mm -hmm. and the Middle East. Just really inspiring work. Um, and his most recent project is uh, faces of people in your town. Like we, we, our work is very similar, honestly. Like we, we like co to connect with community and put community into our art. Mm -hmm. um, but what Jr. has done has just been amazing. Yeah. Um, and I got to be with him at beautiful dinner at his house. Uh, compliments to my friend Michael Hebb. Thanks, Hebb. Uh, and connected Jr. and I. Um, and Jr.'s work is incredibly inspirational to me. His, his most recent project is taking, he's got a photo booth, a truck, where he parked it in Times Square. You can go and you could have your mm -hmm. photograph taken and it outputs a three foot by four foot picture of yourself. And then you get to wheat paste it in the middle of Times Square. And so there's thousands of pictures wheat pasted. Mm -hmm. This is a, an art installation that the city has condoned. Although a lot of the work that, that we do is not necessarily <laughs> condoned. <laughs> AKA illegal, but this is uh, was sanctioned. And then between 11.57 and midnight, between May 1st and May 10th, his work got to take over the billboards and the electronic billboards in Times Square. Mm. Uh, so the people who showed up to have their photographs taken, it was broadcast there. It was incredibly Amazing. meaningful work. So I think, his, I think he's jrart, you know, jr-art.com or at JR Art or whatever, you can find him. He's an amazing, amazing French artist, and it was really inspirational to get to spend a whole night with him on the, the opening night of, of that installation. So those are a couple of examples, I feel like, the people that inspire me right now and, and Chris. There's a whole host of entrepreneurs, people I think are changing the world through bringing technology to creativity that I'm deeply inspired by, um, but I want to make sure we have some room for some other questions. So great question, great. and we'll make sure to follow up with you after the show. Uh, a couple other questions here in the in-studio audience. I saw another hand up. Is that not true? Yes, sir, right here. Uh, we're going to get you a microphone. One, two, one, two. After you. My name's Scott. And Hello, Scott. Hey, Love Scott. the conversation. What's up, man? Um, I think you summed it up 
really well when you said, you know, it's cognitively going from step A to step B, moving from one job to another, doing one creative process to another is very oriented. Yeah. But uh, it's also very much a, an emotional mm-hmm. process. Absolutely. And how do, you, how do you push yourself out of that comfort zone? And how do you battle your own demons and your own fears? Mm. Great question. I was afraid you were going to ask that. That's right. <laughs> so you'll take 15 minutes or so for this one? Yeah. Next. Now you want to go first? Let me give a very practical thing. You know, for those who are trying to like embrace self-employment in some form, okay, whether it's like full-time or whatever, side project, whatever, um, the sooner you can get to your first sale, the better. The sooner you can get something going, if you put up like a one-page website that has a PayPal button, you know, uh, and somebody clicks through and buys it. It's, I heard so many stories in $100 Startup about um, how people like had this idea for a project. And then they never did anything about it. And finally, some, finally they, got, they you know, overcame, overcame that insecurity that we all have. And they put it out there. And then they made a sale. And there's a great story of somebody who sold a, his first uh, photography print for $50. And he talked about um, just how empowering that was. He's like, I made this 50 Like a stranger like, came to my website and like, you know, purchased that. And he's talked about how it meant so much more to him than just the $50. You know? And so I think getting to that first success is really, really critical, which is why I always encourage people, like, don't spend forever like, writing a business plan that no one's ever going to read. You know, don't focus on like, how you're going to borrow money from your friends or family or your bank. Like, whatever you can do you know, to, get that, to get to that step, that's great, because then it's like, I can, I can build from here or not, but at least I've got something. You know, like that, that helps a lot. I think that's fantastic advice. Um, for me personally, my, my demons are emotional. I feel mm-hmm. a lot of uh, that sort of intellectual ADD that I referred to, and I want to be doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to just, for very brief moments, get clarity. Mm-hmm. I don't pretend to have clarity all the time. In fact, you know, it's, it's, I think it's true what they say about people when they're in a creative space, and all, everyone in this room is either in or can be in a creative space. I don't just mean artists, people who draw, but there's, there's, there's clarity around, um, there's actionable clarity when you're in this sort of creative zone. And what I try and do is, is listen very, very carefully to myself. You know when you're in a moment of clarity. That's the thing that's unique about it and it's hard to describe. My demons are the, the demons that say that I can do 55 things mm. at once. You know, mm. I have a couple television shows, I have a, uh, you know, a business as an independent artist, we've got Creative Live, it's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. But when I'm by myself, and it usually does take quiet, like in, it never happens at the Sasquatch Festival that these things hit me. It doesn't happen here in front of, you know, however many people are watching. It happens when I'm alone mm-hmm. on a long walk, and it's three o'clock in the morning, and I wake up with an idea, and I actually get up to pursue that idea, even if that idea is just a two or three sentences to write down. It's when that moment of clarity strikes, actually listening to it. I think Steve Jobs said it really well, uh, which is his biggest asset was his intuition. And I think that listening to intuition, because you all have it, everyone in the room has it, everyone in that camera has it, and listening to that intuition around these concepts mm-hmm. of what you're supposed to be doing, it's the demons are when you hear them loud and clear and choose to do nothing about them. Mm-hmm. So. Find the moments of clarity, create some solitude for yourself, even if it's 20 minutes a day. Uh, I also meditate, which is something I just started doing a few years, a couple years ago, eh, maybe even less. 
but I get more clarity now because of that. And I'm a hyper dude. As soon as the yeah. cameras go off, I'm going to be bouncing around and, you know, chest bumping all y'all. But not really. <laughs> but but like to find that little moment of clear of, of quiet. And just because you're quiet doesn't mean clarity is going to happen. But when it clarity washes over you, listening to it, because we're scared to listen to that voice inside of us that's telling us to do something that's really hard. It's awesome, man. <laughs> it's good. Awesome. It's a good one. Uh, I got all kinds of questions up there. Any more in the audience? Because we got the cameras pointed the right direction. Um, we got three or four minutes left, so I'm going to go back to the old internets here. Again, if you're just now tuning in, I'm Chase. I'm here with my good friend. Chris Gilbo, and Chris is a New York Times best-selling author. He's the first human being to travel to all 193 countries before the age of 35. He doesn't want to take any credit for that, but I'm giving it. Um, and let's let's before actually let's go to the phones and mm -hmm. we'll answer two more questions, and then we'll come back and we'll find out a little bit more information about you and how people can pay attention to what it is you're doing online. Sure. Um, Chow Studios, before we do that, has a question. Oh. At Chow Studios says, if you have a message and you truly believe it but it's not a popular message, how do you keep going? When do you change the approach? When do you look for a new message? Wow, great question. It's not a popular message. Um, I don't know, what, what's, what's a popular message? I, like, will, I, will, I, I wanna jump in. I have an answer, yeah, okay, I, I I answer and I wanna see how you respond right, to it. Ahead, you first. I would say that everything that I've done that was been of value was at first incredibly unpopular when it came out. I will give a couple of uh, ideals from my personal experience. One is, I think the reason that we're all, um, well, uh, one of the reasons that I'm able to have a live show like this um, is because of, there, there's uh, an audience of people, a community that we've built person by person from the ground up very organically who are interested in the same things that I'm interested in, the people in the camera here and the people in the room are. That was a long process. That started with me sharing things about what I was doing and this was 10 years before it was, there was no such thing as a behind the scenes video. And when I first started coming out and sharing stories about what it is that I was doing, writing about shooting this advertisement or how I travel or you know, things that I thought were meaningless. And then when 50,000 people would watch that video the first day it was out, I realized that there was a hunger. But you have to know that it was incredibly unpopular. I was vilified for mm -hmm. that process because I was sharing trade secrets and trade secrets were undermining the business. Mm. Well, I feel like I did, it was saw that, that the, the future was that information was gonna be moving much more quickly and everything was gonna be free, but it was very controversial. Now, that is one of the things that actually differentiates me from a lot of the people in my line of work. Mm. So it was very unpopular and then it became popular. The same thing with, with Best Camera. When I started taking pictures with my iPhone, well, it was a flip phone before it was an iPhone, before that even existed. People told me I was nuts. It was half a megapixel. And I found more creative freedom taking a picture of donuts while waiting in line for coffee with my flip phone than I did having 45 people flying to New Zealand, staying there for three weeks to make an ad of you know, two pictures. Because that didn't feel like creativity to me. I felt like a machine. And when I started pimping the idea that this is a cool thing, that cameras that we can make, instead of there being 20 million photographers, we can have 5 billion photographers if we can get people just to think about this, incredibly unpopular. <laughs> very unpopular with the professionals, very unpopular with the people who didn't, this is a phone, dude. Like, so my own experience is that only things that were unpopular that became popular were the things that, that gave me a lot of energy. So I looked at that as yeah, an yeah, opportunity. No, I agree with that. I would also say, I don't know that the idea has to be popular. 
you know, I kind of look at that word, let's maybe pull that word out a little bit and say, your idea just has to gain a certain amount of traction with a certain number of people. You know, like I, for whatever reason, for whatever, for better or worse, I built my project just as you have, person by person, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I call it the small army of remarkable people, you know. And so I would say don't underestimate your idea because there are probably people out there who are going to care about it. Probably the most important thing we could say today, I think you alluded to it earlier, uh, I think you said you were not alone. So I would say to this person, uh, don't underestimate your idea, first of all. Maybe it's really unpopular, maybe it's popular, who cares? There's probably going to be a certain number of people that are, are drawn to it and who can add to it and who can share that as well. And so you have to, you have to share it, you have to put it out. That's why he's a writer and I'm a photographer. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. That was a beautiful little nugget that you're able to latch onto there. Um, thank you very much, Chris. Before we go, I want to tell the people out there in the world, these folks and those folks, how to find you. I mean, you're pretty much everywhere, but because Gilbo is hard to spell. Exactly, no one can spell my name. <laughs> I made the mistake of like having a last name like Gilbo. Yeah. Uh, you know, ChrisGilbo.com. G-U-I-L-L-E-B-E-A-U. -E -E That's pretty good. That's right. right. It's Chase, right? C-H-A-S-E. Yeah. yeah, no, it's Chazé. Chazé, Chazé. That's right, ChrisGilbo.com or Facebook, Twitter, same thing. Got it. Coffee shops, airline lounges. And the World Domination Summit, talk That's about right. that for a second. So it's a gathering of like-minded individuals. There's 3,000 people take over the city of Portland, is That's that right? That's right. Uh, we had 1,000 last year, and this year we're going to have 3,000 uh, in the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, which is the largest concert hall in Portland. And it already sold out a long time ago, it which did. is one of the reasons we gave away a $500 That's right. That was the ticket. final ticket, actually, that we gave away Great. here. So, but if people missed it this year, then we're going to do it again next year. Fantastic. So tune into that. I'm, uh, I think... He doesn't know what he's got himself into, but I'm keynoting on Saturday That's night right. there. So That's right. Um, I, haven't, I haven't gotten in front of 3,000 people in a while, I guess, just today, of course. But I'm looking forward to it. Thanks very good. much for inviting me. Of and course. those folks out there in the world, you can tune in to um, follow along at uh, worlddominationsummit.com. Is That's that right? right? Yeah. Cool. So we know how to find you on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on the, on the webs. And uh, these folks, fine folks here that made the journey, some all right. the way from Germany. Thank That's you right. very much for coming up. All right, that about wraps it up. But before I let you go, I want to say, A, a huge thank you. B, let you know how to find me. I'm basically at Chase Jarvis all over the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm very active on Snapchat. You guys should check it. If that's a platform that you enjoy, uh, check me out there, as well as all the other ones. It's a super important ask for you to share this. Also, uh, subscribe via iTunes, SoundCloud, and or Stitcher. And most definitely, if you're willing to put in a little bit of extra juice, please leave a review on iTunes. That helps make our podcast more visible. Last place that you can check it out and, and get some additional value is in my newsletter, which is chasejarvis.com slash VIP. That is where I put content out before it hits my social platforms. So that's sort of the insider track. Leave comments all over the internet for me. I will track them down and respond as best I can. And uh, again, huge thank you for listening to the podcast. And I'm looking forward to the next episode already. I hope you'll join me next time.